it's time to park your rear on the couch, relax, and enjoy Couch Spuds. This week, at Nate's request, the trio watch Capone. After resisting the urge to whack Nate, Tracy and Ray join him in discussing one of the more disjointed movies of the year. Here's Ray Jensen, Nate Jensen, and Tracy Pham. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Couch Spuds. I'm Ray Jensen, alongside Nate Jensen and Tracy Pham. This week's film, fellas, was, was of course, Capone, chosen by Nate. And before we get into arguably one of the worst movies of the year, let's do what we normally do and talk about what we've been playing and watching this week. Nate, what have you been playing and watching? All right. So I've been mostly on a switch kick again. Uh, I blame my quarantine in Jersey. That's got me back to addicted to Texas 99 and more progress on Katamari Damashi. So that's mostly been what I've been doing. I screwed up the name of the show that I was talking to Ray about earlier. It was not Search of Skin Rocker Ranch. It was The Secret of Skin Rocker Ranch, which, again, is one of the worst things I've ever seen, Ray. <laughs> this is a terrible History Channel show, and I mean the worst, because it's take ancient aliens and make it worse. Oh, we're going to look for stuff. We have the worst camera humanly possible to look for things. We're literally just showing you a llama being possibly attacked by a coyote from, like, 30 feet away, and in between the fence posts is where this camera is posted. And the worst thing they've done is have somebody fly in a helicopter and then swear it's the government spying on them. And it's edited so terribly because it's just them looking at a helicopter. So that's why I've subjected everybody to Capone, which is apparently one of the worst movies ever. I mean, that's one of the worst movies it, ever. ever. Yeah, but it's up there. Well, of the year. So far. For sure. It, it's bad. I had a good time, but it's bad. <laughs> We'll, we'll get into that when when we talk about that. Oh, we will. <laughs> yeah. uh, as for me, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII again. I will, I will make a formal thank you to Ray. Without him, I would have never played that game. And I would have never fallen in love with Aerith. She needs to be protected at all costs. As for uh, watching stuff, I, I have I still haven't been watching a lot, of, a lot of my shows I've been watching. I've been neglecting all my anime. But uh, I did watch The Five Bloods. Sona does not like Spike Lee. I do think that one was a better movie than Capone. Fair enough. I think a lot of movies are better than Capone. But before, (laughs) again, before we get to that complete dumpster fire, what I've been playing and watching, pretty much same old, same old, Apex Legends, Neo 2. I tried to get into Grid, which is the latest reboot of the racing series by Codemasters. I I couldn't really get into it. I, I, I dropped it because... It's it's too stiff to be an arcade racer like a Forza Horizon, but it's it's not stiff enough to be like Gran Turismo or normal Forza before they branch into the Need for Speed like style of racing. So I, I kind of dropped that one. It's been a while since I found a racing game that really caught my attention. Besides Need for Speed Heat has been pretty good. It's been a bit till I played that though, but all these other games are coming out and my attention's been divided. But as to what I'm watching. Trying to get through South Park as much as I can before it switches to HBO Max. <laughs> and, I, and I think two weeks from now. But I, I, I probably will get HBO Max at some point because uh, JQ Quintel's series Close Enough is finally premiering on a network. But it, and it happens to be premiering on the, the streaming service network HBO Max. I've also been speaking of HBO series. I've also been getting into Sopranos. When Nate said we we're going to be watching Capone next week. I wanted to kind of get into the gangster kick again. And, and Sopranos is one of my favorite series of all time, let alone gangster series. And it reminded me what 
what gangster series can be and like not so much focused on the mafia side of things, but the more traditional family side. And I think that's what David Chase and company caught like lightning in a bottle in that case. But Capone was not that. So no, it was not. No, it was not. So transitioning (laughs) into the movie of the week and and Capone Uh, directed by Josh Trank, written by Josh Trank, edited by Josh Trank. And that's three big problems. I think we can just point out right there. (laughs) Nobody told him no. <laughs> From the man who brought you the Fantastic Four movie that was worse than the two that came before it. Also this... known as Fantastic Four Stick, because the four's Fant- in the name. Yeah. Fant- yeah. Four Stick. Fant- Fant- four Fant- stick. stick. Where, do, where do we begin? Where do we begin? Do who I get the start? Who wants to go first? I you have to go, go first. I, you go I, this I, is I a... need to collect my thoughts. I That's need to collect fine. my thoughts. This is a horrible Dumpster Fiver movie, and I need you to understand, I had a hell of a fun time laughing at other people's misery. But my God, is this film bloated. This could have been easily like an hour and 30. We go to about, what, two hours and four, like, no, an hour and 48? <laughs> Sounds about right. And, yeah. oh, God, I can't eat. Tom Hardy gets paid to basically be a crazy man that has to do nothing but shit, piss, and grumble. And I don't know why that makes me laugh so goddamn hard. <laughs> Other than just him going, eh, eh, eh. He just described home yeah. improvement. That's exactly yeah. what he <laughs> It's just Tim Allen is Al Capone. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my goodness. I think the worst part is there's just scenes that could have been cut, and it would have been a better movie. There are scenes that are hilarious, or there are scenes that I, I thought were great, where it's like the shining shit, which I thought were great if they went up on that, but they don't, because it doesn't go anywhere. That fucking balloon kid makes no goddamn sense. No, it didn't. There no, are, it doesn't. There, there are times in this movie where I felt there was a semblance of structure and it just never happened. The, the I was movie, just about to say that, right? The movie was... started wonderfully. I actually enjoyed the start of this movie. And then 12 minutes in, they hit you with a title crawl. 12 fucking minutes in. Yes. <laughs> My favorite part about the 12 minute opener is that they're trying to establish everything at once. Like, okay, here are the cops. Here are the gangsters that maybe want his money. Or it's just them trying to help him get to his Cleveland son. Here's his family. Capone's crazy. Like, you're just starting to figure out who some people are, and then it's like, title crawl, and then we reset yeah. everything. And I'm like, who the fuck is anybody? <laughs> I, I'm kind of speechless right now. It's basically, it's, this is Capone, after he gets released from prison, because he's so mentally and physically debilitated, because he has uh, neurosyphilis, which is the later parts of an infection of the disease syphilis. Basically, syphilitic insanity is what this guy's dealing with. He's, he's shitting himself. He's pissing himself. He's having hallucinations of shit he's done in the past, the people he's killed um, that haunt him. And I was hoping they would kind of get into that supernatural stuff a little more. I kind of expected this to be a horror movie almost, but it really wasn't. Wasn't. It was more psychological, if anything. If if anything, I don't think we have enough. I don't think we had enough hallucinations to really qualify it as kind of like a psychological horror movie. There wasn't anything that scared me. There was some disturbing no. imagery, but... Was... Really? I didn't find anything disturbing in this movie at all. Except for when he shot the bed. But... <laughs> I was going to say the kid kind of disturbed me when he liked that. And, and I know the CGI eyes are terrible, but like that scene where the dude plucks out his own eyes with the stiletto, I'm like, oh, oh. Well, the kid, uh, the kid showing up his bullet holes. Yeah. What is that? They never, that's, they never like, yeah. explained that. Because at least with Matt Dillon's character, they explained mm-hmm. what was going on with that. And that was just a whole guilt trip for Capone. 
with the kid, it's just a loose end that's just left hanging, which that happens a lot in this movie. Like there are subplots in this movie that never got resolved, or I or I thought, what what was this? What what does this add to the movie? Absolutely nothing. One of the biggest problems I realized is that there's this whole escapism thing that is going on in Capone's head, where like he's escaping to those paintings and stuff. That that's where the boy's supposed to be from is like the balloon painting, but there's no like leadway into that. No one ever goes. He's just off in his own fantasy land or anything. There's just like surprise. He's now at the farm. That we've shown eight times. Do you get it? <laughs> I forgot to live about on it. The farm. I, honest, I honest to fucking yeah. God forgot about it. I forgot about it too. You're oh. not the only one, Ray. Oh, and, and it goes nowhere. To, to segue off of something different. Well, yeah. kind of kind of a little tangent. Ray and I almost fell asleep watching this movie. We did. We absolutely did. It was so so goddamn boring <laughs> that I had had to like tell myself I gotta do push ups or jumping jacks after this movie to keep myself awake. Because I I was so bored, and an hour into the movie, I thought we were still in the beginning. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I still thought we we're in, still in the beginning of the movie. Like, who, what, what is going on? They fade the it? black guys. It's clearly the third act. <laughs> the I, dumb upside down I could, water I shot. I didn't even, I didn't even, couldn't even tell. And when Ray <laughs> pressed up to see how long we got the movie, left, we have thirty minutes left, and it felt like four hours. It felt like four hours. Okay. Uh, oh, more of Tom Hardy shitting himself. It was interesting because I had some of the most unique imagery of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And having watched The Sopranos, and David Chase is known for elongated dream sequences. In fact, he's dedicated entire episodes of the series to Tony Soprano's lucid dreaming. It didn't hit the same mark that David Chase was able to do in those episodes of The Sopranos. And I, I, I just, I just was losing interest throughout the movie. I, I seriously thought after the end of that long dream sequence, Tracy, I thought Capone died. I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> oh, Movie's over. Yeah, he's dead. I thought so too. But then when we still got another like eight minutes left of the movie, was and that it, the, my favorite dream sequence where he has the golden Tommy gun and is just going batshit insane? No, that's the the, yeah. the middle one, the one in the middle of the movie where he's back at the uh, club yeah. in Chicago. I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, and, and you see him. It's after his stroke. It's he, he got a, another stroke. That's yeah, actually, that's the one with yeah. Louis Armstrong that's somehow there. I don't even know if that's a real thing that happened. I just know it's like, hey, it's Louis Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. But his reaction in that whole scene <laughs> was priceless, though. He, he just looks like he had, like that wide-eyed look on his face. Hilarious. Like, Tom Hilarious. Hardy is just paid to play Tim Allen on drugs. That's just the best way to describe it. <laughs> so let's talk about Tom Hardy's performance, because I yeah. think Tom Hardy was the best and the worst part of this movie at times. Oh, God, absolutely. Yeah. He's just grunting. Like, he's playing an insane syphilis disease-ridden man perfectly. But the problem is he's pay- playing a disease-ridden syphilis man perfectly. And when you think about Al Capone, you think about Robert Deere from Untouchables. You think about the yes. dude that doesn't give a shit. He'll whack one of his guys with a baseball bat and, you know, is the king of the concrete jungle, so to say, to lead into how Tom Hardy decides to sing the whole king of the forest song from the wizard of oz which i don't know if that's a fact i just find that funny <laughs> i didn't i don't want to see a whole movie where he sits around grunts all day and shits himself but yet i also want to see a movie where <laughs> he sits around all day grunts and shits himself so i i'm kind of in the middle because that that stuff made me laugh yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree both of you because especially in that middle dream sequence we were just discussing, mm-hmm. when he's in the bathroom of the club, he sees himself first as his, as current 
older state. And then when he looks back in the mirror, it's himself back in his heyday. Mm-hmm. And he, and Tom Hardy looks fucking fantastic. Yeah, he looks so intimidating too. Right. And I'm just like, man, how dope would it have been if we actually had seen a, a Capone movie about his entire life? And this this sequence of him, like in his in his days of syphilitic insanity, could have been like an entertaining, like thirty minute epilogue of this epic biographical drama. But yeah. instead, we get the most uninteresting part mm-hmm. of his life. And I don't even say uninteresting. I think this this whole concept is very is interesting at its core. But yeah. Josh Trank just could not make anything interesting out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that that like like you said, right? That the concept is interesting. And I want to see something like this because it's never been done before, but the execution was awful. Your big problem is that you have all these plot threads that go nowhere. You have $10 yeah. million dollars that I think the family wants so that they have something because Capone kind of ruined their kind of livelihood. Yeah. You have the feds investigating them, which we didn't know if they were part of the Cleveland gangsters. And I only say mm-hmm. Cleveland gangsters because it's the bastard son from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. and I don't even know that son's even real because no one seems to know. They just say you have a visitor, and then the Cleveland son kind of shows up. And that's the problem, is that if this film was done right, like a la <laughs> The Shining, it could have been perfect, and it would have been interesting to see a man go crazy because he was such a powerful you know, warlord of the you know, Prohibition era, but you just it's a mess. Yeah. I hated that whole uh, Tony, like it's Tony, his son, subplot. I hated that. Like It just halted the movie to crawl like the the whole subplot like is like a whole like five minutes it felt longer than that i thought he was talking to his about his actual son because his son jr is in the film portrayed by noel fisher who I'll always remember as troy mcginty from max keeple's big move that's another <laughs> that's another goose egg of himself but i thought jr's real name was tony I, i'll admit i don't know a whole lot about al capone I looked up a little bit before watching the movie just to kind of refresh the, the, the bigger key points of his career. But I didn't really look at the family side of it because I wanted to go into this movie kind of blind towards that. And on that note, I'll, I'll go towards the character Mae Capone, portrayed by Linda Cardellini, and she does a fantastic job. And I, I say Tom Hardy was the best and worst part of this movie, but Linda Cardellini's performance was actually my favorite part. For me, it's her and Matt Dillon because I, I like Matt Dillon as an actor. I just wish he was in more stuff. But yeah, I agree with Linda Cardellini. But some, whenever she talked, like a few times when she talked, I, I heard her, Velma's voice. I mean, how can you not? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like when you hear Shaggy, you think Matthew Lillard. Like, yeah. But then again, he's also the killer from Scream. That's what I think. True. What I think Your I mom do. was no Sharon Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit the one scene with May is great where like she's just fed up with all this shit where it's like I just want my peace and pride I just want to be able to like retire with my husband or my, I don't know if they're married my, <laughs> my, my favorite part of this movie was when he and May have a fight and he calls her a whore and he, she slaps the shit out of him so much she, she knocks him out yeah and she and she <laughs> he ends he, the way he wakes up in bed and she's taking care of him because she feels guilty even though he, he called her a whore Right. And he and he and he goes like I, I can see from your eyes and your smile and your face you're an angel and I want to repair your broken wings and I'm like that's so sweet and it's then he goes but I don't know who the hell you are and that was the greatest scene because you could see this the the joy on May's face just erode when he says I don't know who the fuck you are and that was such a heartbreaking scene and I wish we kind of had more of that but instead we just got 
complete madness and not even madness that makes you feel any way for any or sympathetic for any character you're just left confused that, that's what i was thinking too like you don't feel for anyone in this movie at all are you supposed to feel bad that that tom hardy is well al capone is dying of syphilis insanity like what what is what is the meaning of it all Josh Trank got a bunch of money and went, I'm just going to film whatever the fuck I want. Here's Capone shooting an alligator with a golden shotgun. <laughs> well, well, since on that, since I discussed my favorite scene being the, the one-on-one between May and, and Al after they had their fight, Nate, your favorite scene was near the end. Yeah, it's one of my favorites because for no reason, like the gardener comes in and is like, Mr. Capone, are you okay? And he pulls up a golden Tommy gun. And part of it's a dream sequence, part of it's real. Like he shoots the gardener in the leg which I was not prepared for. I'm like, oh, great. Part of it's actually real. But he goes, like, shooting up, like, his family members, and he, like, literally is just going batshit insane. And then in his dream sequence, he tries to go dig up the gold in the swamp, only to be consumed by a tsunami. Money. It's It's money, not gold. Well, lost treasure. I was thinking of gold because he draws like the money bag with yellow, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this? It's it's green. The money's green, and it's like a cartoonish money bag because the doctor's trying to get that money out of him. So I guess that was real. We just never see it confirmed to be real. It's the MacGuffin. It's just a really shitty uh, Pulp Fiction briefcase because at least in that you actually get to imagine it's something amazing. <laughs> the best part for me is pretty much any scene with the doctor. Uh, Dr. Carlock, because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Twin Peaks, and I, whenever I see Kyle McLaughlin's face, it just I just think of Special Agent Dale Cooper. So that, that that's the only redeeming quality this movie has for me. See, yeah. when I see Kyle McLaughlin, I either think the dude from Showgirls, or I think Paul Atreides from Dune. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen Dune once, I just never seen Showgirls. So. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see Showgirls, I saw the scenes in Showgirls that everyone wanted to see with the nudity, but other than that, I've not seen the full movie. <laughs> Not not one of Verhoeven's best, but okay. you gotta you gotta watch you gotta watch Twin Peaks, man. I, I think you love Twin Peaks. I do, I do actually. I need I need to get on that. Everyone talks about how good it is. It's one of my favorite. So yes, shows. but you mentioned alongside Comic Lock and Matt Dillon as Johnny, who's a character that also kind of goes nowhere. Yeah, and I love Matt Dillon. I, I think he's a great actor. He's wasted in this movie. Like his introduction was confusing, but, but nice. Yes, I was about to say. Yeah, like his introduction is confusing but nice, but. Is he real? Is he not real? I don't know. Uh, I'll say I, I like see, I like seeing Al Sapienza and Catherine Narducci as they are both in Sopranos as <laughs> Mikey Palmisi and Lorraine Bucco, respectively. But they didn't really have much of a role in this either. This was all Tom Hardy's role to capture with I, a little bit of Linda Carnalini mixed in. I didn't even know who they were. <laughs> like They just showed up halfway through the movie for me. I think they have an establishing shot, at least for like some of the family members, because some of them get called back in after the stroke happens. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is that it tried to go full circle where it's like the Thanksgiving before Capone's like completely batshit insane. And then the one at like when he's just gone. And I get where they're trying to show like, he, here's his ascent into madness, but it's like, there's nothing here. Like all these family members have nothing to do. The Fed scene, which you remember where you talked about how like the Cleveland subplot has like just nothing going on with it. I thought the Fed plot line had nothing going on with it. It just mentions the MacGuffin again. It's like, there's $10 million somewhere in the swamp. Maybe Shrek has it. <laughs> just... Or alligators, because yeah. it becomes apparent yeah. that yeah. Al Capone is not like alligators. Yeah. He has something uh, against alligators. Well, it took his fish. That was his <laughs> fish. <laughs> I forgot about that. We just watched this movie, and it's instantly gone from Forget- me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think that was the most horrifying part. The, the, more, the most horrifying part for my wife was watching that alligator get shot. 
<laughs> as a mother to three lizards, two bearded dragons, and a leopard gecko, I think she, any violence on cold-blooded reptiles, she just wants to murder somebody. <laughs> probably, probably. What else do we have to say about this movie? Like, I'm kind of dumbfounded right now, guys. Here's the interesting thing I learned, because when I looked up the production notes for this before mm-hmm. watching this today, initially, Josh Trank wanted to film this back in summer of 2017, but Tom Hardy, because of his conflicts of Venom, they had to push it back. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he filmed this movie after he filmed Venom. The problem is this filmed in like 2018 in New Orleans. This just mm-hmm. came out now. <laughs> oh, this is one of those bad premieres and then they push off home release hoping people forget about it. <laughs> oh, good. Well, they initially, oh my God. This initially was supposed to debut in theaters, but because of COVID-19, they mm-hmm. ditched those efforts and went exclusively video on demand. And I'm glad it did. Because I didn't, I didn't want this movie to make a million money. That was probably best served. I agree. Yeah, I, yeah paying I, eight bucks to rent this is yeah. a bit of a high price, I'll admit. Uh-huh. <laughs> eight bucks is way too much for this movie. I'm sorry, guys. Is it bad that I bought Hellboy, the new Hellboy, and I feel less guilty about buying the new Hellboy than I do renting this film? Well, you like yeah. Hellboy. Like, that's a character that you actually like. Like, it's a bad movie, that. at least the new one. And as, Dave, and as a big David Harbour buff as well, I'm not a big Stranger Things fan, but I like <laughs> Hopper. I like Hopper. It's the only part I like about it. But I still Look, haven't seen I... that, by the way. Well, I have no desire to watch Hellboy, but I'd rather watch that than this. Why, why did you choose this movie, Nate? Why? I God. was told that it was The Shining with gangsters, and I'll be honest, I had a good time. I'll admit this is hot, fudging garbage. It's just terrible all the way, but I had a good time. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list off some bad movies for you, okay? That's, that's actually fun to watch. Drive. I mean, I like Master of the Fly- Flying Guilty, and that's yeah. equally as bad, but at least that's like a fun kung fu movie. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that actually has redeeming quality I, to it. I wouldn't even say Master of the Flying Guilty is a bad movie. Because no. Maybe it's, I would say it's a cult movie. because It's, it's got very such low a, budget. It's, it's like shoestring budget, at least, for a Jimmy Wayne a, U film. Yeah, it's <laughs> become a, such a pop culture icon, honestly, that yeah. Yeah, I couldn't say that. But I mean, go on, Tracy. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, watch movies like The Predator. Shane Black's The Predator. Watch... Drive Angry with uh, Nicolas Cage. Watch any of the Fast and Furious movies. Any of those movies. Don't watch Capone. Because those are bad movies, but those are fun bad movies. This is not a fun bad movie. I'm sorry, Nate. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I am, I am um, protecting our listeners here. Okay? I am protecting them. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not for everybody. I will admit 100%. This is like, you have to actually enjoy really shitty. Like, I enjoy it because it's trying to be really artsy and failing miserably. Like, it's literally like, get it? He wants to escape into the farm. Or like, get it? He regrets killing this guy. Like, that's why I enjoy it, is that it's trying so hard to be fancy. Yeah. While The Room is failing just because it's just a dude that doesn't know how to make movies. Watch that, that movie. Can be watch different. The Room, okay? But don't, <laughs> yeah. don't watch this movie, okay? I'm, just remind- like, I'm actually just... Josh Trank keep getting work. It's like, yeah. God. Exactly. Look, I, I have nothing against the guy, okay? I, I've seen Chronicle. I didn't like it, but I wanted to, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. I've never seen Fantastic Four, but I've never been a big Fantastic Four fan. I, I wouldn't. General. It's awful. <laughs> I've seen it. It's really bad. It's, it's, okay. it's bad. They try to make but, it like the fly, like the Jeff Goldblum fly, and it mm-hmm. doesn't work. They're trying Jesus. so hard to make a different superhero. Yeah, exactly. Like that's Jesus. <laughs> that's the exact response. Like Jesus Christ, Jesus. This is terrible. They keep oh, fucking up. They keep fucking yeah. up one of the best Marvel villains ever, 
and in Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, the MCU gets it right eventually. I'm. I'm. I'm I think he's gonna be the next. I think he's gonna be the next big bad because Thanos is gone. I think he's gonna be the next big bad guy. It's either that or Galactus. Like, Hmm. is it so wrong to ask that MF Doom be played while Doctor Doom does some cool shit, like raid by MF Doom being played while Doctor Doom like does some cool shit against the Fantastic Four? I don't know. (laughs) Why not? I don't know who that is. <laughs> MF Doom is a rapper. You actually, Ray, you heard him in the Boondocks episode where they nab Oprah. Like, this whole soundtrack is basically his songs. And yeah, yeah, His yeah. whole gimmick is, like, both uh, Dr. Doom, the mass, and the other one, why I like him a lot, is King Ghidra, which is, like, using Godzilla samples and shit in his rap. Well, yeah, he's, got, he's the guy that has the, um... Oh, shit. It looks like, um... Not Marcus Aurelius. Uh, Maximus's yeah. helmet from Gladiator. That's mm. it's the whole. He's supposed to look like Doctor Doom. That's why he's called okay. MF Doom. That's. But I get your point because it's really just the mask from Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's Maximus Decimus Meridius's helmet. Yeah. Now, uh, now, now I'm gonna go home and watch Gladiator to wash my eyes out. That that is that is. Spe- that is speaking wild. of of Russell Crowe, have you anyone seen Unhinged? The trailer for yes, Unhinged? I have. I want to see that. It looks so bad. It's it's good. <laughs> I feel like Russell Crowe could play Alex Jones because that's the vibe I get from him. In that <laughs> Uh, I just see Russell Crowe like in the most polite voice. I don't like chemicals turning the frogs gay. Just have, have your mom apologize because uh, I, I, I can't apologize. Sound crazy. We should go watch that movie and do a podcast on it. <laughs> see, that's, that's how I felt about Capone. It's like, this is going to be a fun, bad movie. And it was apparently like, I, funny I you. And, Tracy and I were not lying, Nate, but we almost fell asleep. Yeah, no, I we saw. Were... That's why I'm laughing so hard. I saw. <laughs> like, for, for our viewer, for our listener, Ray and I, uh, well, Ray asked me to come over to his house today and watch this movie, right? I, I laid on his couch, and I, I had Starbucks before this movie. I am wired. This movie almost put me to sleep. Okay? And I had coffee. Ice-cold coffee. Uh... Okay? Another reason why you shouldn't watch this movie. Like, it committed a, a horrible sin against humanity where it's boring and not good. Hey, if you're having trouble sleeping, though, this is a perfect ASMR video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. It's, 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 better than, it's better than NyQuil. <laughs> better, better than, than NyQuil. NyQuil. <laughs> Nate brings up a great point. If you want to watch the best parts of this movie, just look up Al Capone grunts. And I'm yeah. sure someone's put a compilation out there somewhere yes. of all the grunts Tom Hardy's Al Capone makes in this film. Yeah. Or, and there you go. There's yeah. the best part. Yeah. Or just t- golden Tommy gun scene. That's that's true. <laughs> I know yeah, it's, it's a fantasy also. film, but I just love that he just hates his family I, so fucking much. He's just like, you're all bastards. Ah. <laughs> it just boggles my mind. This filmed in 2018, and it took two years to edit this. Yes. Well, I can see that happening because he probably knew how terrible it was from like just watching the footage. Because there's so much just like statue like b-roll and b-roll of just the Everglades, where it's just like you just ran out the. And can, can we talk about that statue? I thought it was a giant penis. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a giant penis. It looked more like a chub. You know, it was, <laughs> if we're talking a real dick, like Tetsuo the Iron Man, is probably a better example of an actual phallic image. I mean, than, literal than drill dick. Like, yeah. Which, speaking of that, I watched Vital, which is one of it's the same guy that did Tetsuo the Iron Man. I had more fun with Capone than Vital, but I think the problem is Vital is played so straight, and it's just about like a dude that has memory loss because you know it's similar to Capone. You know, the guy's going crazy. The dude in Vital is going crazy, dissecting his girlfriend. And it just kind of just got played straight. And I think that's the problem. Like, this Capone is artsy failing. Vital is artsy that, like, tried just enough for its passing. I don't even know if Josh Trank intended this to be kind of like an avant-garde movie where it's like, I don't care if you don't understand yeah. it. Because I don't even know what there is to understand. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know what his intention were with this movie. What, what was he going for? Was he going it, for horror? Body horror? Was he going for unintentional comedy? I don't know. 
I feel I this was a played straight, but it's we laughed at it a bunch of times. But it's just mm-hmm. like just watching a man who was so great descend into madness. Essentially, it's trying to be like, look at what Al Capone became. The problem is, is that that could be interesting, but this film doesn't take any time for this. It's like, show more family members, uh, cut to the FBI investigating, and we didn't need all that. We just got Al Capone reminiscing and shit. We needed a really good flashback literally, is what we li- needed. Literally cause... shitty. Literally yeah, literally, 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 yeah. Twice. Twice in this movie, he shits. <laughs> no, three yeah. times. At the very end, too. He, he shat really long. Like, like this shot yeah. lingers on him, like, like having, like, horrible there's, diarrhea. There's, like, uh, there's, the be- there's the beginning shit, the middle shit, and the end shit. And I'm not kidding. Like, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. I forgot Dude, about you that. Can, you can shit. track the, the story arc of this movie in the bowel movements of Al Capone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shit per act. It's act one shit, act two shit. And I thought, and I, I thought we actually were to see him like shit himself to death, but it's just like, nope, he died. The nope. end. Okay. My favorite is literally Animal House style text on screen, like the money was never found, his family just changed the name, and I laughed so hard. And then it's and then it had the audacity to show the title again. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh my god, wow! I uh, forgot about that too, and we just watched that movie. Oh my god, this hot avant garde garbage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Let's talk about good gangster movies to yeah. end on a positive. Note. Yes, please, Ooh. please. I'll what let you are, go, what Nate. are some of our? I'll let you yeah, go. What are our favorite gangster movies, Nate? Um, you know what? I'm gonna throw an oddball that I like a lot. Uh, Seijin Suzuki's Branded to Kill, which is a Joe Shishido, and it's very similar in the idea of like going crazy because it's about a hitman that fails a heist. Well, not a heist. Uh, jewelry hits. He has to kill people that have robbed like jewelry and shit, and he's now tracked down by like the number one killer in all of Japan. And it's just fun because Shinji Suzuki is basically on the outs with uh, Nakatsu. And it's just hilarious seeing him like poke fun at the company. Because speaking of pissing, the number one killer pisses himself in one scene and he's just making fun of his executives and shit. And it's a really fun movie. Any also, Scarface the, uh, Scarface, the remake from the 80s, I like a lot as well. Pacino Scarface. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. 30s isn't bad too. And that has um, a Boris Koloff in that. Oh, okay. I might yeah. have to check that one out then. I have to say it's between Goodfellas and Godfather 1. For Goodfellas, it's just because I, I think that was like Scorsese's peak and it kind of set the precedent for the new wave of, of gangster films. Like, we would not have gotten Sopranos if it weren't for Goodfellas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And seeing the, the more domestic side of, of organized crime. Or Godfather, it's just, just such a well-acted movie. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Alright, for me, I, I thank you, Ray. I want to I wanna thank you first because gangster movies are is one of my favorite genres and this is an abomination to that genre. And I'm, I'm glad we're talking about the ones that we like. So I'm going to give you a few of my favorites. Um, of course, Goodfellas is my favorite along with yours, Ray. I, I just love that movie so much. Um, I like I like how Scorsese like pretty much invented the, the gangster genre with that one. Uh, the new wave, like you said, the new wave gangster movies with that movie i love casino that's i think that's my favorite scorsese movie i have to think on that but that that might be my favorite scorsese movie because it's just like goodfellas but there's just something about it like set in las vegas that just has it as an edge for me i'm to go with um john woo's the killer that's another one of my favorite movies in general i think that's a very good gangster movie that's from china and I grew up watching that movie. It's the it's the one that got um, John Woo recognized. You know, the, the whole famous shootout. Or is that hard boiled? Because no, that's hard boiled. Are... Hard boiled is um, the one with um, the cop. The cop. Yeah, yeah, the cop. That's also another good one. But I, I prefer the killer. 
that's one of my that, favorite movies. Yeah. That's different from the. Is my thinking of the professional? The is professional. The one where he's, that, where he's blinded at the end. No, that's no, the killer. Yeah, that's the. That killer. is the killer. That is the killer. Okay. Yeah, See, I. I usually put those in heroic bloodshed because I found that, out that's I was the name of it. I would, and I it's like, say that. they are gangster films, but because yeah. of how like stylistic they are, I, I like to call them heroic bloodshed because it's like perfectly describing it. It's like yeah. kung but fu and guns are mixed. Yeah. But yeah, but it's, it's a gangster it's, film. Yeah, it's still a gangster film. Right? And it, yeah. Plus, it's John Woo's um, uh, homage to Martin Scorsese. And, Actually, yeah. fun fact, the main character is named after the uh, hitman and Lay Samurai. Because I remember that. Yeah, because yeah, Jean-Pierre Melville is also one of John Woo's big inspirations. That's yeah. why in The Killer, that's how he's dressed, you know, in the big mm-hmm. trench coat and all that. Yeah, the hat trench coat. That's how mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Custillo dresses in Les Samurai. That's also, it's a, also a really good film. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, that's a good one. Um, what else? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you... I think that, yeah, that's, that's it. That's all that came to my head right now. But yeah, those are great movies. Just check those out. Just don't check this one out. <laughs> Nate, I'm surprised you didn't say Outrage. Well, Outrage is good, but like again, like I put Yakuza films because they're all good stuff. But I, I like I look differently from the American genre and the Japanese genre. They're both good. Like also, Battles Without Honor and Humanity is a great series of Yakuza movies and stuff like that. But I did want to mention uh, Godfather Part Two is also pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to mention that is because Ray and I we have this problem where we laugh at the scene where Vito Colani's mom gets killed because it's like a woman on a string so he gets pulled away. Well, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same thing at the end of Django Unchained yeah. where he tells the, the two girls, tell Miss Laura goodbye. Right, he shoots her. She gets yanked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Actually, oh. you know what? You've inspired me, Tracy. I almost forgot. There's a really good Italian crime film. There's two of them I can recommend. Manhunt yeah. and Milan Caliber Number 9, which have Mario Adrof Who's a hell of an actor? Think Italian Bruce Campbell. Okay, but he gets to have like, but he acts up and hams it up perfectly, both in Manhunt and yeah. Milan Caliber Number Nine. Okay. Though he's like the side character in Caliber Number Nine, but okay. he does a great job. Are, are these like older films? These are like seventies, okay. like Euro crime films, stuff okay. like that, like the stuff that Tarantino watches. Okay, so I, if you're talking about like seventies, like Italian stuff, I think of Giallo movies. Like I, for me, it's like. Uh, Dario Argento and all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know, what have you done with Solange and shit like that. Okay, I'm about to check it out then. Oh, oh yeah. uh, have you guys seen uh, A Better Tomorrow and A Better Tomorrow 2? I are... have A Better Tomorrow 2. <laughs> okay, those are those are good good gangster films from uh, I from haven't Calico. seen most of Better Tomorrow 2. I've seen the end stuff, which is great. I have watched mm-hmm. all Better Tomorrow 1, yeah. which That's was a actually movie. a good idea. <laughs> That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. Let's watch that next time instead. <laughs> Instead of Capone, <laughs> a, a dumpster fire better yeah. than Capone. <laughs> I don't know what else we can more say about this, yeah. this film, or I would want to say I'm literal glad... shitting the bed, yeah. literal yeah. shitting the bed. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, like Josh Trank, three strikes, you're out, buddy. I'm not gonna watch anything else from you. Watch so. Josh Trank like make like the best epic movie you've ever seen. <laughs> like just that's for no be, goddamn reason. That's gonna be a, a very very hard comeback for me. Josh Trank, if you're listening. You've lost a fan and Tracy fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. I'll I'm be honest, with the first film I've ever seen him fully. Like, this is the first Josh Trank film I've ever seen, and it's a bad impression. Yeah, I will say, if, if, if you didn't see Chronicle, which I think was a decent film, then this was your first uh, exposure to Josh Trank. Yeah, not a good first impression. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. A swing and a miss, but if you're really interested in this and just want to watch Tom Hardy overact, I guess mm-hmm. I'd recommend it, but I, I personally would not recommend this. I can't recommend it either. I can only recommend it if you want to watch like a man literally go batshit insane at the very end, so you will have to wait through about, you know, two hours, so save yourself the time, look up the YouTube clip. 
or, or the grunt collection as we talked you know, about. If you're having insomnia and you don't have NyQuil, watch this movie. It'll yeah, put you put, right to sleep. Put, put you right out. <laughs> yep. Right to sleep. I did like right. the gimmick with the carrots, though. I thought that scene was at least funny. Or like they just have smoke carrots instead of cigars. Yeah, yeah. and and Ralph Capone's like he'll never fall for that. And the next scene, he's exactly. falling for that. Immediately <laughs> falls for it. <laughs> well, this that was a good palate cleanser. Our uh, <laughs> yeah, our our streak of positivity uh-huh. ended with this film. Yes, when we have now become narcissists. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but we should turn things around. As next week, we'll be looking at a color out of space. Yeah, which is actually a fun movie. <laughs> I've been told it's a fun movie, but you know what? It's Nicolas Cage and Lovecraft. It could go wrong, but I hope it doesn't. It's directed by Richard Stanley, yeah. who is infamous, I think most would say, for directing the 90s adaptation of The Island of Dr. Moreau. Which is I didn't a, know which, that. Which is a yes. hilariously bad movie. Yes, yeah. one of Marlon Brando's final roles. Yeah. It was so bad, it was lampooned in South Park. Yeah. When he's wearing a bucket yeah. for a head. When he's wearing a yeah. bucket for a hat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I remember that now and how South Park had Martin Brando like oh god <laughs> yep the doc- the cloning doctor was completely based off of Marlon Brando's portrayal in, in Island of Dr. Moreau thanks Capone I learned a new fact <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's what we have for you next week in the meantime fellas this, this was fun this was I mean, fun. Discussing this was discussing this was fun. Yeah. Watching it, maybe not no, so much. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't imitate Tom Hardy doing Capone, but I'm gonna try. Yeah. 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 That's good. Honestly yeah. wasn't bad. That actually was not bad. <laughs> just, take, just take Danny DeVito's penguin from the Tim Burton Batman films and take it up to eleven. There you well go. make him Frank Reynolds. That's what you have to do. Egg. Yeah, basically. Not offer you a carrot in this trying time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Ooh. All right, on, the, on that note, for Nate Jensen and Tracy Fam, this is Ray Jensen saying thank you so much for listening to Couch Spuds. We'll talk to you next week with the color out of space from Richard Stanley. Stay safe out there, stay healthy. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Couch Spuds. New episodes release every Monday. You can follow and listen to Couch Spuds on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Podbean, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify.